This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources. There's some really great ways you can connect with us, completely complimentary. Maybe you have a quick question, we can set up a 15-minute phone call. Or if you'd like a more in-depth review, a second set of eyes on your retirement plan. Maybe you don't have a plan at all. Maybe you've worked on a plan yourself or you just want to make sure your plan's on track. In any of those cases, we can help, and that's complimentary. You'll be able to see the calendar and set that up either virtually or in person at any of our offices. You'll see those options right at retirementreadyshow.com. And for our friends in Wisconsin, we're back at it this week. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus from the educational workshops, but this week, November 1st and 2nd, we're going to be in Muskego, 6.30 p.m., talking about the economy, what's going on in the house, interest rates, rising taxes. But more importantly, we're going to give you some steps you can take to help protect your retirement nest egg from these potential threats. We do need folks to register ahead of time. No, we have some limited space. If I remember right, I think the first night is already full. We may have a few seats left in the second night, but we'd love to have you out Again, you can see those dates and times and register right at retirementreadyshow.com. Got my buddy Randy Winkler. Hey, Tony. The leaves. How about the leaves? Oh, it's beautiful. We uh, we went out the other day. My wife's doing a etching, a leaf etching with her class. Oh, wow. So we took a walk around the neighborhood and picked up a big bag of just the most, I guess I never really noticed them when they're on the ground, but the different shapes and the giant ones and the small ones. So... I think she needed about two dozen. We probably picked up a couple hundred <laughs> because, oh, this one's cool. This one's cool. Yeah, I think I, last week I was talking a little bit about my driveway and planting these little trees, mm-hmm. you know, nearly, because not quite a decade. I've been there about a little over nine years now, but they're finally mature and they all really went this week. And it's just this bright red. It looks like they're kind of on fire. So yeah. it's a fun time of year here in the Midwest. Yeah, great. God, I don't know if I'm just more aware of it, but it seems like the colors are just outstanding this year. It's just fantastic. Yeah, really, we've had some weird weather in upper Midwest yeah. here, though. I mean, <laughs> I think just this last week up, I mean, we hit 80. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like it looks like some fall weather ahead. Yeah. I hope it stays warm with all the rain we're getting. Can you imagine if this had been snow? Oh, yeah. It yeah, would have been really, we'd really be digging really out until July. Lift hard, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. But great time of year. I love the Midwest and I, I love the change of seasons and fall is one of my favorites. Uh, so many fun activities with the kids, you know, pumpkins. And of course, uh, you know, my neighborhood, we, they do the trick or treat this Tuesday, actually on Halloween. So mm-hmm. my older two, I don't know how excited they are, but my, my 13 year old is pretty excited. We did our pumpkins, as you know, uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend, and we always try and come up with something creative. And I was determined I was going to do our logo, the Drake logo, because it's so cool. But um, it was beyond my ability <laughs> to to do that. So I ended up with just some scary faces and uh, found the one where the pumpkin's actually throwing up the, the guts from inside. So. Oh, and I did it this year without wounding myself. So that was a big step up from last year. So we actually did uh, six pumpkins this year. It's, a, it's kind of a fun tradition we have. That's awesome. Yeah, it it is fun. And I love these traditions and great topic this week. I'm really excited. Obviously, we're kind of well in the swing of the fourth quarter here of 2023. So really important time to start looking ahead at 2024. 
I want to talk a little bit about the changes the new year is going to bring for Social Security. And, and, you know, this is an important topic, Randy, I think, because, you know, there's so many people that depend on Social Security. I think most people don't realize there are different techniques and strategies on how to turn on Social Security. And when we create a Retirement Ready Roadmap for somebody, that is part of one of our five stops on the income plan. We're going to look at your Social Security and see, you know, is there some more juice we can squeeze out of that lemon, right. if you will, right? And and really make sure it's working effectively for, for folks. But I know you sit down with so many great folks in the communities here. And, you know, are, are people concerned about Social Security? What are you kind of hearing and feeling? Yeah, I've been hearing a lot more lately where people are like, is it still going to be around? And what's going to happen? Am I going to have it? And then some people feel it can very quickly get into a political discussion, which we try to avoid. And some people are very confident, but Others uh, are, need a little bit of reassurance, but they, they are they do make some yearly changes to Social Security. They're going to have to make some bigger changes in the future, but Social Security is not going away. It's a it's a very very successful and popular government program, one that's working pretty well. It's not perfect, but it works pretty well. And for a lot of people, uh, that's their only retirement. They they haven't planned for anything else. They're living just on Social Security. So for our listeners and the people we work with, generally they've got some other resources there as well, but it's a it's a really nice component if you've got that income stream that you can turn on and not outlive. And depending on when you turn it on, it can have very big tax ramifications. It can affect your income. There's, they can even withhold some of it if you turn it on too early. So it's a, it's a fairly complicated part of the process that uh, we have some nice tools where we can guide people to um, to making the, the right decision there. And it can be very different for people with almost exact situations that are just a slight variance. I know I've talked in the past about those clients I work with where one had a lot of tax flexibility and one did not. Other than that, they were almost exactly the same. So one started at 62 as early as possible. One started at 70. So it's very individual what works for each person. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and I think there's, we talked about this on I don't know. And sometimes been doing the show for so long, Randy, I, I can't remember if it was last week or five years ago, but it just recently we talked a little bit about this common fear that I think a lot of people in retirement or nearing retirement have. And it's this idea and, and you know, Social Security, they put it on our statements, right, where it says they're going to be out of funds or we can't fund our obligations. You know, the year keeps shifting a little bit sometime around 2033, but you know, that certainly feels and sounds scary. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big concern for a lot of retirees. I think the reality is it will get repaired somehow. You know, I, I certainly hope it's on the backs of younger generations that, yes. you know, have time to pay for it. But, you know, I think over the next year in particular, you know, with, with all these, uh, you know, with the presidential election and all the campaigns and the debates and all that kind of flood that's coming at us, you know, I think we'll hear about some different ideas. A lot of times the politicians try to shy away from the topic because, let's face it, retirees are a large voting demographic, yes. right? And they're afraid to upset them. But something's going to need to be done. There are some countries that do a means testing. So you pay into it. And, you know, if you're deemed that you've saved enough assets on your own, you're not eligible. There's some simple fixes, I think, if they increase the age, if they remove the wage cap limit. That's mm -hmm. one idea that's out one. there. Right. If you're a higher income earner at a certain income, the Social Security tax stops. Right. So that that has been shown that it could be a simple fix. So a lot of different ideas out there, but I don't want people to worry. 
Um, but I, I think I'm, I know we are empathetic because it's a natural concern yes. to have. Yeah. So they, I think the big one that you mentioned is that wage cap. So above a certain income and they, and they tweak that a little bit every year, you no longer pay into social security. So if they would re, they, you know raise that, maybe double it or remove it completely, that would really fill the social security coffers. And another thing I've heard quite often talked about is they could change the ages. You know, so 62 is the earliest you can start. 70 is the latest you'd want to wait. At 65 used to be the full retirement age, or what I like to call the full benefit age. And they changed it over a series of years from 65 to 67. Well, they could move all those numbers again because life expectancy keeps going up. Maybe they make 64 the start age and 72 when it, when it uh, caps out. Um, so then people would have to work a little bit longer or, or live on their own funds for a couple of years before getting on Social Security. So there are some fixes. We just need some brave politicians that are willing to talk about it. Uh, usually if you bring it up, even if you say, I remember last time they were talking about this, Paul Ryan stressed, uh, he was the guy with the plan, like, this will not affect anybody under 55. You know, the big, uh, the Great Panther voting block did not hear that. They heard changes to Social Security and got very upset. So um, hopefully somebody, a brave politician will step up with a good plan and have a good enough way to word that, that he can actually get it through without getting That's voted a, out. What, what do they call it? Like oxymoron? Brave politician? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what I'm thinking. Like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to have a... Uh... Too much faith nowadays, quite a quite a divided country and what's going on in the house seems a little bit wild. But, you know, from an economic standpoint, it's interesting to watch these things, you know, as our debts rise and something that we talk about nearly weekly. One of the things I, I do want people to be concerned about politics aside, who's going to run the house aside, who's going to win the presidency. You know, what I'm more concerned about is as the tax code is currently written. We know taxes are going up in 2026. Also, the standard deduction is is lowering back to, to where it used to be. And that can cause some kind of compound what's happening in Washington and the debt that we have. There's some credit agencies that have put, you know, United States on watch for a downgrade. And that can have impacts on the market. But as it pertains to Social Security, our topic today if we're paying more taxes, remember, Social Security is taxable based on your overall income, right? So that's why this tax planning is so critical. And, and, and you know, some people, we, we always, we had somebody just this week, Randy, that was teasing me about how much I love tax planning. <laughs> but to me, it's such a critical part of retirement. And it's oftentimes, I mean, we love the investments too. Don't get me wrong. I, I love safe investments, market investments, the combination and oftentimes we can solve some problems there on that stop of the retirement ready roadmap. But a lot of times it's really the forward thinking tax planning that makes a difference. And if we do some of this basic tax planning, oftentimes later in life, we can get you to a spot where your social security is not taxed at all. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, well, is that important? Is it not? It's not taxed. It's really important because if we get to keep all of it, then we don't have to take as much out of your nest egg to supplement for your income needs, which means what? If we're taking out less, our money lasts longer. Mm -hmm. And that's really the big, it comes in different forms, but that's the big question that so many people have. It's probably the primary question we hear and we're really trying to solve for when new families come in. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? You know, how do I handle this? How do I deal with this? And, and I think that reality 
you know, when you think about Social Security, it's a great illustration of that because some simple tax planning that can get us out of RMDs later in life and some of these things that cause more and more of our Social Security to be taxed. Either none of it can be included or up to 85% of it taxed to whatever income bracket you're at. And if we can kind of solve that problem and get that right, then we get to keep more Social Security, Mm -hmm. right? If we can set up income streams coming tax-free, you know, can we get to a tax zero situation, right, where we're enjoying retirement and not paying any income taxes? Not always, but oftentimes we can really get you down to some lower brackets, save a ton of money in federal taxes. Not uncommon that we can see $100,000 or more in federal tax savings, But also, if it's important to pass money on to loved ones or charities, you can oftentimes do that at a bigger level and a much more tax-efficient manner. But talking about a great topic this week, Randy, Social Security. But before we jump in, just a quick public service announcement. Remember, Medicare open enrollment is happening right now. It started October 15th, goes through December 7th. One of the things about us here at our firm, we try to pull all the pieces together so you don't have these different people pointing at each other. So we have an elder law attorney for wills, trusts, powers of attorney, all that great stuff. We have accountants for tax returns, tax planning, and then we have health insurance agents. So if you're looking you know, to, to maybe do something different with Medicare, now's the time you're able to do that. So don't miss that deadline. Also, a great article I saw this week, Randy, Medicare Part B standard premiums are going to go up by $9.80 per month in 2024. I know in just a second we're going to talk about what Social Security is mm-hmm. increasing. It's always kind of odd to me. They kind of are similar, their increases. Right. <laughs> it kind of nets out yeah. to, like, I didn't really get a raise, right? <laughs> but uh, important to remember that they're going to increase by about $10 next year, and the annual deductible for Part B will be $240 next year in 2024. So just keep those in mind. These increases are mainly due to projected increases in healthcare spending. Medicare Part B covers those physician services, outpatient services, some home health care services, of course, the durable medical equipment and some other services that aren't covered by Part A. Higher income earners are also going to pay more for Part B due to income-related monthly adjustments. We talk about this a lot, Randy. It's a, that uh, kind of great aunt we don't like called Irma, <laughs> yeah. right? In 2024, Irma charges will apply to individuals with more than 103000 and married couples with more than 206000 in modified adjusted gross income. And, and that IRMA issue, I, we're, we'll get back to Social Security here in a second, but that IRMA issue, Randy, is so important. You and I, Brad, the whole team, we talk a lot about tax strategies. Some of these can cause additional charges on Medicare. So it's not as simple as just going and doing it. You really have to plan out and think, what amounts am I doing? What other income do I have? What other things are this going to affect? And it's really important to look at that entire situation. Yeah, and it can make sense. It's just good to be aware of it because it's kind of sneaky. Irma looks back two years. So let's say you have a big income event. I talked to somebody recently, sold um, three buildings in one year, and his income just shot off the up the roof. Well, then two years later, he's like, why did my, my Social Security check get so small? Like, well, he hit. Irma and it looks back. So it can make sense. In fact, many times it does if you're going to pay a little bit more in Medicare premiums, but save tens or hundreds of thousand dollars in taxes. But it's just good to have that conversation and then kind of have a, you know, a, uh, an update on the calendar and say, hey, remember, this is coming. So it doesn't come later and you get upset and forget about the benefit that you got from actually incurring that charge. 
Yeah, thinking that through is really important, and that's where someone like that has some experience in tax planning can help. Um, you know, one of the questions I, I was just sitting down with a new family, Randy, not too long ago, that I got an opportunity to meet. I don't always get to meet the you know new families right away anymore, but I was uh, had an opportunity to stick my head in an office, and we were talking a little bit about tax planning, and I asked them, I, I said, you know, what did your advisor do specifically during COVID for tax planning? And they said, well, what do you mean? I, I got my tax form telling me what, you know, what I owed for my investments. And I said, no, you know, there are certain events when the market's down that are great opportunities to take advantage of it. And tax planning should be a conversation each and every year because some of these strategies do disappear mm-hmm. on December 31st. So it's important to think about. But kind of switching back, uh, Randy, to Social Security. Great article we went through recently about seven must-know changes to Social Security next year. You want to run us through some of those? Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. Sure, there's going to be a uh, cost of living adjustment, and it's above average, although I don't think people will see it as above average. It's going to be about 3.2% next year, um, which is, it's not bad, but compared to the previous year when it was 865 a lot Comparatively, of people... Comparatively, it doesn't yeah. feel so great, right? Yeah, it was, that last one was a, was a big one, and I know people really like that. Uh, it's always, there's two sides to the, to, the, to the coin. If you're getting a big cost of living adjustment, it means that inflation's, inflation is, is probably rampant, so it's probably good news that you're getting a smaller cost of living adjustment, uh, but that's a part of it. So people will be getting a raise, but it'll be offset a little bit by the increase in Medicare um, that you mentioned. So um, the way that they calculate um, COLAR, cost of living adjustment, they're taking a look at expenses like housing and medical care. Um, they're actually underweighted in the calculation, meaning that the purchasing power of Social Security has dropped by 36% since 2000. So even though there's been those cost of living adjustments, it's not tied to the real inflation. It's, it's a little bit less. So people are having a little less purchasing power on a yearly basis. But it's something that to keep in mind with uh, the COLA adjustment going up. All the checks get different. Uh, the Social Security checks look different in January. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and it is adjustments, but that should be built into your income plan. And we talk a lot, Randy, about our five-stop retirement-ready roadmap. And one of those stops is income. And people say, well, it's kind of sometimes people say, well, Tony, Randy, whatever. That seems like a silly, you know, I have my Social Security pension, you know. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot more to that, right? And, and, and the simple questions to ask yourself, if you think you have an income plan, I want you to be able to answer these definitively. If you can't, I would suggest you probably don't, but don't worry. It's something that can be created and we can help you with. But you should be able to answer, where is my income coming from? From what accounts? What order am I utilizing those accounts? And how long is my money going to last? How long do I have income? Because that's the big question, Randy. I think when people ask, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? I think these sensational commercials have kind of trained us to think about what the balance is in our portfolios. Mm-hmm. The more important question is not the balance, it's the income. And what, what you're really asking is, am I going to have the income I need to survive an inflationary period like right now? Am I going to have the income I need to survive a quick market drop like COVID? 
Am I going to have the income? That's a kind of scary stuff, but mm-hmm. am I going to have the income I need to do the fun stuff? We were talking about travel earlier. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, everybody has a different definition of fun in retirement, but that requires income, right? That's the funding source for all those things we dreamed about doing. So we want to make sure you have an income plan that's set up right. Yeah. It, as you mentioned, it's just unbelievably powerful when you look at those, those different buckets. If you take your money from your IRA, it's taxes income. So you're going to have to either take out more to, to net what you want, or you're going to get less because taxes are coming out. If your income comes from a currently taxable account, you have to factor in capital gains, which generally are lower than income taxes, but there's still some being held back. And then if you take your income from the Roth, you don't pay any taxes. So it's really more about asset location than asset allocation. Where is the money How's it growing? How's it invested? But what's going to happen when you take it out? That's the big one. So, you know, a million dollars in an IRA and a million dollars in a Roth are the same dollar amount, but they're going to be a very different income experience in retirement because one has a big IOU with Uncle Sam's name on it and the other one doesn't. That's a great point. And and I think a lot of people don't realize that, right? And it's not... You know, it's not any of our faults, right? Most of us have mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, somebody who said, hey, put everything you can you know, into that kind of 401k or that style of plan through work, because when you retire, you're going to be in such a tiny tax bracket, you'll barely pay anything. And I think the reality from our perspective, working with retirees is that oftentimes when you're in your seventies and those RMDs have started, we have a lot of clients that are actually that unfortunately we weren't able to meet earlier in life that are actually in a higher tax bracket than when they were working. Right. They've lost the ability to, to deduct even charitable contributions. Maybe there's a pension, social security, taxable items for most people. You know, now they're taking out required minimum distributions, taxable income. And the vast majority of their wealth is sitting in these 401ks because that's where they put everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting in a situation, you're thinking about your accounts and everything's in that 401k or traditional IRA. As Randy mentioned, remember, that has a big IOU stamp on it. That's really not all your money, right? Imagine you go to your advisor and you say, you know, our big dream, we wanted to buy a a motorhome. Great. Well, we we looked around and we're going to spend, we found a used one. We're going to spend 70000 These things are expensive, Randy. <laughs> yes. We're going to spend $70,000. Okay, great. Probably going to have to take out 100 and spend, you know, send $30,000 to the feds and to your state, depending mm-hmm. on what state you're in. So every time we take a dollar out, it's taxable. But there are some ways to fix that. But it helps if we can meet as early as we can meet you in retirement, the sooner the better, because it gives us more of a runway to set you up for future decades. And again, face it, taxes are going up in 2026. Mm -hmm. There are still some changes you can do before the end of the year. If you're reaching out to your advisor, they don't know what to do. They say we don't do tax planning. That could be a great sign that it's time to have someone that's a little bit more comprehensive, a holistic advisor that's really bringing all these pieces together. Those tax savings sometimes can have an even larger impact on however you're invested, and we want to see you pay as little taxes as possible. But we're talking a little bit, Randy, well, we've been all over today, but (laughs) we're talking about Social Security. It was a great article, and you were covering, you were going through some must-know changes we have to think about as we go into 2024. Right. So um, the next one is that uh, we talked earlier about the earnings cap. Well, high-earning workers are going to owe more in 2024, so it's something to be aware of. So they're going to be raising the uh, cap by $8,400 to 
thousand six hundred dollars. So after that, you don't pay any taxes. And when we talked in an earlier segment, they could eliminate that to uh, get a whole bunch more money in the coffers. But that's uh, something that is going to be changing this year. So if you hear from a lot of people like, uh, hey, come around October, November, suddenly my checks got bigger. Like, well, you've maxed out what you're paying into Social Security and they're not taking it out anymore. So it might take a little longer to get there this year. So um, another one of the things that's going to be changing for Social Security is the maximum monthly payout at uh, full retirement age or full benefit age that's going up. So it's uh, going from uh, 3627 per month to 3822. So if you've a lot of people don't know, you can max out Social Security. There's a point beyond which you're not going to get any more. Um, and the more you put in, probably the less you're going to get out. Uh, but that is going to be changed um, a little bit as well. So something that uh, we also talked about uh, in other segments is there is an earnings penalty with uh, Social Security. So for people that start Social Security early, they're going, if they make too much money and the number's pretty small, they withhold $1 of benefit for every $2 you make over that. So it very often does not make sense to start Social Security prior to your full benefit age if you're still working. But they are going to be raising that limit a little bit. So you can make a little bit more for early filers. Some people have filed and didn't realize that. So that's going to be um, a bit of a benefit as well. Uh, there are also uh, income thresholds for workers with disabilities are increasing. So a lot of people are getting disability through Social Security. So that, that's going to be uh, going up as well. Uh, and then the qualifications for earning work credits for Social Security is getting a little bit tougher next year. So to qualify for Social Security benefits, currently you must receive 40 lifetime work credits, which are based on your earned income, and no more than four credits can be earned in a given year. So each work credit equals 1640 in earned income. And starting in 2024, it's going to take um, 1730 in earned income to qualify for a single work credit. So that builds up over time, and that's how your ultimate benefit is calculated. Yeah, it's important to know, and lots of numbers thrown out there, but um, just important to know that there's some changes. And, and some of these changes, Randy, are also leading to, this is a great great point that, that I was reading about, there's a greater, greater likelihood of being taxed on a portion of those Social Security benefits. Taxation, now that, that's always a confusing topic. Sometimes in our classes, I'll even ask, how many folks think Social Security is taxable? And you kind of get a mixed response. And then people say, well, it's, what do you mean taxable? It was a ta wasn't it a tax right. on my payroll? And, you know, it gets, the, it gets confusing there. But taxation of Social Security benefits was introduced in 1983, allowing up to half of your Social Security benefits to be taxed at the federal rate with your provisional income, surpassing 25000 32000 for couples filing jointly. But then 10 years later, in 1993, single filers whose provisional income topped 34000 or 44000 for couples filing jointly can see up to 85% of it taxed at federal rates. And the current level of taxation has never been adjusted for inflation. And as payouts continue to increase, it's pretty safe to assume that more recipients will owe taxes on their benefits. So it absolutely can be taxable, which is another reason why the tax planning is so important. Yeah, I always find it shocking that they haven't adjusted those numbers. You know, inflation goes up, pay goes up, you know, uh, different things are, are occurring, but those thresholds are not going up. So you could say, I'm not getting any additional income, and suddenly I'm paying more taxes on my Social Security. So the numbers aren't real big. Most people are going to pay taxes on their Social Security, at least in some years. But with good tax planning, you might be able to avoid that later. 
when we suspect taxes could be significantly higher. Yeah, and we know they're going up, right? I mean, January 2026, the index back up, and, I, you know, not the topic of today, but strong argument that with our debt, you know, our debt has skyrocketed. We have more debt than GDP as a country, and when are taxes going to go up? Historically, they've gone up when, when we've hit these thresholds. Taxes really haven't moved, but at some point they may. And I got a, I got a good one for you, Randy. Okay. You ready? Yes. Why should you always borrow money from a pessimist? I, I, oh, they're already just, laughing. Yeah. I didn't even say the punchline yet. I don't know. Why would you? He won't expect it back. Oh, pessimist won't expect it back. I don't know if that's funny, but it might be good advice. Yeah. And that's that's wise. <laughs> I feel like none of my jokes are funny. I keep trying though. <laughs> I'm heard, not going to give up, Randy. I heard one the other day. It was kind of funny. He said, "If you borrow twenty dollars to someone and you never see him again, it was probably worth it." <laughs> now you, you mentioned earlier you saw some Christmas decorations out, and, and whether we want to admit it or not, we're coming into the holiday season for shopping, all that good stuff. I, this is something I read. I, I got a little bit of a kick out of this could be your last holiday season randy to buy those nieces and nephews uh dvds the major retailer best buy said it's going to phase out the sale of dvds and blu-ray disc players starting next year so maybe maybe that's on the shopping list yeah i didn't know that it's funny my brother-in-law he collects some of the old media so he's got a ton of vhs tapes oh those are actually getting to be worth a lot of money do you remember i remember our first i think we have vhs not beta but um, for any young listeners, you know, there was VHS and beta, but VHS went out. But I remember our first one. My dad was kind of like a electronics nerd. He loved kind of making stuff. We had a Commodore 64. And shortly <laughs> after that, he bought components and built a computer. He just loved that kind of stuff. But I remember our first one. And like the idea of being able to watch a show and fast forward through the commercials or the idea that. I no longer have to be home. I can live my life not around a certain show. It was like really hard to comprehend at the time. Right. Yeah. I remember that too. Cause I remember as a kid, there's a show I wanted to watch and well, we're doing something else. Well, you're never going to see right. it. Right. And then when uh, you could uh, actually record on your right. videotapes and then when uh DVR happened, like, Oh my God, I can't remember. The only right. time I watch on your phone on demand, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, right. You can avoid commercials. The only time I ever watch commercials anymore is if I'm watching sports. But important stuff to to think about, you know, you're, we were talking about taxation of Social Security and the tax benefits. And, and Randy, some of those do go away. So let's talk about kind of a strategy we have. So we know taxes are, are going up in January 26. So that leaves us 23, 24, and 25. And remember, for most of our tax strategies, we're looking at calendar years because that's how we're filing our taxes, mm-hmm. which means if we have three years left of these lower rates, as soon as December 31st to 23 ticks by, we're down to two years. So we've missed an opportunity, right? And some of these are really impactful. Some of them are fairly basic. We can sometimes start to layer strategies, but it's really important to keep that deadline in mind. Right. Cause it, yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. So we know that taxes are going up. And for a lot of, a lot of the people that we see, they're in the 12, 22 or the 24% bracket. Those are going to become the 15, the 25 and the 28% bracket. So we know it's a pretty significant uh, increase. But for some people where it makes sense, we can talk about let's fill up maybe the 24% bracket. And um, because if you're going to fall back one bracket from that right now, that's the 22, which is going to be the 25. So even though you might be jumping out of your bracket going one up there, and I know this is very hard to to visualize the numbers on the radio and aren't aren't always interesting. But by taking a look and taking advantage of how much can we move from our pre-tax bucket into our post-tax bucket, 
on a yearly basis. And if we've got a plan for those three years, can we get it all over there? Because you've got two kind of threshold, big thresholds um, in retirement. There's January of 2026 when taxes go up, and there's when you turn 73, which is when the required minimum distributions happen. So in an ideal world, let's get everything moved over by the time taxes go up. If we can't accomplish that, we've still got until age 73 to try and get it out of there. But I was doing some tax planning with somebody the other day who's 76, we're doing the RMDs are going via qualified charitable distribution to a charity. And there's other things that we're doing. So you can still reduce taxes even if you are beyond RMD age, but uh, so many, especially when you, you start looking at the charitable stuff, there's so many great fun strategies that you can really layer on. If you're one, I just give you a quick tidbit. If you're one of those folks that are saying, Hey, I still give to charities, but I can't deduct anymore because that standard deduction, you know, doubled. There often are some ways to get that back. So reach out. We'd love to help you with that. I think, Randy, when you think about income, insurance, tax strategies, healthcare, investments, legacy planning, there's a lot of different pieces that go into a retirement-ready roadmap. And if you've been working with different financial professionals in all these areas, it might be time to start talking to a retirement planner. A lot of people I work with have done a great job savings. They know they need to think about taxes, strategies to preserve their income, and create a legacy plan for their heirs and loved ones. And when you work with someone who focuses on retirement, who can address all of these areas, you tend to be in a better place. We can talk to you about some of the main risks in your investments, strategies to reduce taxes, maintaining your standard of living, and legacy planning that's all in one place under one roof. If you want different accounts, investments, and policies to work seamlessly together, that doesn't happen by accident, and we would love to help. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.